0: Hey everybody got a quick question for you what do ignorance war fear and want all have in common well we're going to talk about it today today we're going to be looking at Micah chapter 4 verses 1 through 5 and in those verses Micah addresses the issues of ignorance, war, want, and fear or rather the freedom from those things. So we're going to be looking at the first five verses of chapter 4 and talking about those four freedoms that Micah lists in these verses. So let's go ahead And read our scripture for this week. Alrighty, so here we go. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills and peoples will stream to it. Many nations will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his way so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between many peoples and will settle disputes for strong nations far and wide. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Everyone will sit under their own vine and under their own fig tree, and no one will make them afraid. For the Lord Almighty has spoken. All the nations may walk in the name of their gods, but we will walk in the name of the Lord of our God forever and ever. Alrighty. So there's a few things that I want to talk about before we get into the four separate freedoms that Micah talks about here. In chapters 4, verses 1 through 5, it really is the conclusion of a section of scripture. And it kind of resembles the pattern that we've seen in earlier verses, um, of Micah so first of all we have Micah 1 1 through 2:11, talking about judgment coming to the peoples of Israel and then we have in that chapter verses 12 and 13 talking about hope um, you can go back and watch those videos talking about the hope that we have in Christ in those last days as the remnant and then also, we have from there, chapter 3, verse 1 through 12, which is talking about judgment. And then we have these five verses that are talking about hope. And what's really interesting is it follows the same kind of format. And in these verses, specifically in chapter 3, verse 12, Micah is talking about the day of the Lord that will come when the mountain and Jerusalem and all that is plowed and made into a heap of ruins but here in verse 1 it says that the mountain of the lord's temple is established as the highest of mountains so in verse 12 of chapter 3 things are brought really really low and things look really desolate and bad and then in verse 1 of the next chapter we have hope and the lord's kingdom is established and is raised up again so despite the leaders and their misuse of Everything, um, The Lord is great and is greatly to be praised in the last day. So there is hope for us. So what happens in the house of the Lord whenever it is raised up and established as the highest of mountains and exalted above all the hills? What happens? What do we see? Well, in verse 2, we see that there is freedom from ignorance. In verse 3, we see that there is freedom from war. In verse 4, we see there's freedom from want. And then in verse 5, there's freedom from fear. So we're going to look at some of these specifics and go over those four freedoms. Alright, so we have verse 2. And it says, Many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. So here we definitely see that Micah is talking about the law of the Lord. He's not talking about, oh, you guys don't know your ABCs. You don't know literature. You don't know how to apply these things properly. Or even, he's not even talking about how they don't know Hebrew, so they can't possibly read the the first five books of the Old Testament. He's actually talking about ignorance from... The law, and in these verses, there will be freedom from ignorance. Um, it says that all will learn the law of God and become missionaries of it, which is what one of my commentaries said. So, I really like these verses because it says, He will teach us His ways so that we may walk in His paths. Something that I thought about is that really, in this day and age, in this time, we have freedom from ignorance. We truly do. We have the word of God, the completed word of God, Old Testament and New Testament, and that's kind of something we've been talking about all throughout this study is how the New Testament and the Old Testament are linked together. A lot of people want to separate the two and say, oh, well, we can ignore the Old Testament because that's law and all those things where really we should not they go together. Um, so we have God's written word. We have it in lots of different translations we have it where you have margins you have things where you can doodle in we have mine is an interleaved bible so that it has a blank page on every side where i can leave my notes and things we've got lots of bibles we have our phones that have the bible app on them We have the Bible, but then we also have the Holy Spirit that is helping us and teaching us as we read and study. So we have freedom from ignorance, but we choose to continue to walk in ignorance. Um, And in many ways, we prefer our ears to be tickled than to hear the truth of God's Word. And so that's one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to do this and going through the book of Micah and studying really what these passages mean. And we're in chapter four, and we're getting, getting really close to Micah 6, 8, which is something that in the last couple of years we've heard quoted a lot. But what does it actually mean? And so what is the truth? What does God's word say? And then how can we apply it? And so that's what we've been talking about. So that's freedom from ignorance. In chapter four, verse two, Micah says, they will have freedom from ignorance. And then in verse three we have freedom from war so let's read verse three again he will judge between many peoples and will settle disputes for strong nations far and wide they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks nation will not take up sword against nation nor will they train for war anymore and i thought this imagery was pretty neat about beating their swords into plowshares and spears into printing hooks where instead of weapons for war, they're changing them into something that they could be used to benefit the whole community. Um, Not that that is a plug for socialism or anything, I'm just saying that weapons of war being used for the greater good and for having things that you can share and share the gospel with. So I thought that was a really cool... Imagery. So it is significant that this follows freedom from ignorance because whenever you are free from ignorance of God's law, then you will be free from war because the basis for true peace is not a balance of arms, basically meaning weapons or whatnot, but true peace is the knowledge of God and obedience to that law. So and I really like how it said this commentary not only pointed out that it's knowing the law, but obeying the law. Some saw you might be saying, well, Allison, we don't live in Old Testament times. I thought we were under a new covenant. We don't have to follow the law anymore. Yes, we do not have to do the ritualistic hand-washing and sacrificing and all of those things. However, we do have, in the New Testament, very clear instructions about how we are supposed to live and conduct ourselves as Christ followers. And I hope that you guys have been Paying attention to previous episodes because we have been talking about that. We've been going over that. Romans 8 we read a couple weeks ago. And that is some pretty specific details about how we're supposed to live. Whenever we talked about Micah 3.8, we talked about what it means to be a true prophet. What it means to truly follow God and follow his law and his word and walk in obedience. And so... Yes, we are no longer under the law, but we also are to obey what God's word says. So, I love that the true basis for peace is found in the knowledge of God's word and in obeying it. And so, it reminds me of Psalm 34 where it says to seek peace and pursue it. Alright, so, now we've talked about freedom from ignorance, freedom from war, can hear that, but it's a lot more getting fired up. Okay, we have verse four: freedom from want. Now everyone will sit under their own vine and under their own fig tree, and no one will make them afraid, for the Lord Almighty has spoken. Um, <clears throat> there will be freedom from want because the resources that would have gone into war are now going to other ends, which we have already talked about: beating their swords into plowshares spears into pruning hooks so they're not going to be coveting what their neighbor has because they have what they need and so they're they're free from wanting what their neighbor has and then we have verse five which is freedom from fear all the nations may walk in the names of their gods but we will walk in the name of the lord our god forever and ever and I love verse 4, that that part of verse 4 that says, No one will make them afraid. Why? Because we walk in the name of our Lord forever and ever and ever. And that also reminds me, I wasn't going to do this, but I mentioned Romans 8 earlier. And I love the end of Romans 8 talking about <clears throat> how we are heirs with Christ, that we will walk in the name of the Lord forever and why we don't have to fear. And it says, So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit are sons sons of God. Verse 15. For all who are led by the Spirit are sons of God. For you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And then we're going to go to verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection, and us receiving the Holy Spirit whenever we make him Lord of our lives, ruler of our lives, king over our hearts and our minds and our thoughts, then we have freedom from fear. We are more than conquerors, and nothing can separate us from the love of Christ Jesus. That's a word by itself right there. Okay. <clears throat> So there's one more thing that I wanted to share with you guys about these verses. It's just five verses, and it's the four freedoms, but there was something really specific in one of the commentaries that I read. Um, James Montgomery Boyce said this about verse two that I thought was really powerful, and I just wanted to read it as it is written to you guys and kind of leave that as our final thoughts for you for today. So... The question is, have we gone up to God to learn it from him ourselves, referring to the law? Do we sit down, read his word, and learn what he desires for us, for ourselves, from him directly? We have his written words in our hands. Do we learn it from him for ourselves, or do we trust what other people say? Do we fully rely on other pastors and people to tell us what to think about scripture or do we look at it for ourselves? We do not stand on any pinnacle of privilege as if we could speak from wisdom in ourselves. We cannot say, I know what you must do and you must do it because I say so. Rather, we must first go up to God, look to him, and seek his instruction. I think that is the most important thing that a pastor or a teacher, myself included in this, is going up and being changed myself by God's words before I share with you what God has taught me. And I don't teach or tell you guys anything on this pinnacle of privilege to say, well, I know what you should do and you should do it because I say it. No, I know what we should do myself included, and I know it because God said it. Okay. Rather, we must first go up to God, look to him, and seek his instructions. We cannot remake this world, but we can be agents of renewal of justice, truth, and order if God first instructs us, transforms us, and empowers us. I like that transition there where first is talking about us going up to learn from God himself but then us being agents of renewal justice truth order all of those things is not based on us no first God instructs us transforms us and empowers us and then what is our job to be obedient our salvation is not based on what we can do. Our salvation is based on what Christ did for us on the cross. The difference that we make in this world by sharing the gospel with those that are around us is not based on us. It's first based on what God has taught us and how he has transformed us and he has given us the Holy Spirit and a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind to share with other people. The only way we can make a difference in this world is not if we rely on our own knowledge of what's in this book, but if we rely on Christ and his power to tell us what to do and to change us, transform us and empower us and give us the words to speak the wisdom to interject in a conversation. To engage in a conversation with somebody at the grocery store. Whenever we really don't want to talk to nobody. We have to rely on Christ. That's the only way that we're going to make a difference in this world. So. I will restate the question to you guys that was at the beginning of this paragraph. The question is. Have we gone up to God and to learn it from him ourselves? So that's my challenge for you guys this week is to not take my word for it, not because I said so, but to spend time reading God's word this week for yourselves and learning what God wants us to do to make a difference for his kingdom. I hope you have a great rest of your day, week, whenever it is you're watching this, and I will see you next time.